Hi, folks. Chris Foss here from TheResistanceRadio.com. Hey, coming at you here with another different podcast that we can take and share with you guys. This is going out on our Chris Foss Show podcast and The Resistance podcast, The Resistance Radio. You can take and subscribe to it at TheCBPN.com, ChrisFossPodcastNetwork.com. There's over nine podcasts over there. And uh, if you're stuck in quarantine life, or if you're just trying to avoid your coworkers that have COVID-19 at your office and you're hiding out, I don't know, in the bathroom or something, hey, you got something to listen to. Tune in and subscribe. <laughs> so uh, we've had some great featurettes uh, that we're doing on the Resistance Radio. We're interviewing a lot of different candidates that are running for office coming up in the new 2020 election cycle. At the end of this week, we've got a really good, interesting interview with a, uh, a governor candidate uh who hopefully will win or of course these are folks that are in the democratic party the uh, left folks that we want to have change and flip over some of these uh, seats and stuff to go blue we would definitely want to go blue so today we have a super interesting gal on her name is ashley matthews she's running to represent her neighbors and friends of the house district 38 in utah uh, which is largely i believe the city of kearns uh, she feels she can bring a new set of eyes and ideas to tackle issues and bring real change to working families in Utah. She's had the opportunity to serve the public for the last nine years in her work with the Utah Department of Transportation. Her husband is also a union pipe fitter, and together they're raising their two small boys in a home that her husband grew up in, uh, right in the neighborhood of Ochre Shadows. So she lives in the area, loves the area, and wants to make Kearns better. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Ashley. It's wonderful to have you. No, oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for the excuse to um, to brush my hair and, and put on something that's not pajamas. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we're all in that quarantine life sort of segment right now <laughs> where, where we're, uh, you know, it's, I, I had, I saw somebody on Twitter, uh, one of the, I think one of the congressmen for uh, up in the House or Senate of the U.S., and he's like, I put on a, a suit to go on CNN or MSNBC or one of these shows. And he's like, and they canceled the bit that they were going to do with me. He goes, but I'm going to wear the suit all day because, oh, my God, it feels nice to just wear a suit again. <laughs> so I think, I think we're all kind of itching to get out there and at least see that sun. I think we're all going to have serious vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So your website is Ashley for Utah dot com and people can go there check you out they can donate there uh and uh support you in your cause so you you are coming in with this blue wave we saw a lot of this blue wave in 2018 we saw a lot of women run for congress uh in office both in a state level and a u.s level we saw women just going hey man you know what i give a damn about the future i give a damn about my kids i give a you know i want to see something uh done better and we saw that with the blue wave in 2018. And I'm hoping we're going to see just a crushing amount of this, this new generation, people that want to change, people that want to end the stagnation in, in both their local legislatures and their communities and also in the U.S. And uh, as they say, all politics is local. So this is where you begin. Sure. All right. So, Ashley, give us a rundown on your origin story. Uh, how did you get started out in life and, and uh, get here? Well, um. I grew up in Riverton, Utah, um, which is not at all like Kearns. Um, it is polar opposite, wide open spaces. There's no, 
it's very different from where I, when I grew up, um, cause when I grew up, it was all open fields and horses and, you know, people drove their four wheeler to the grocery store cause that's all we had. Um, but my family lived, settled in there because they wanted, you know, a quiet life. When my dad came back from the air force. He joined the Mel Handler junior. And so they wanted to live somewhere since my mom was staying at home with us kids. They, they wanted, you know, peace and quiet and, space and you know grow their own food and just kind of live in this little homesteading you know utopia I guess and so that's that's how I grew up um awesome sauce I I think Riverton's probably changed a whole lot since then has it I remember it was in a so one, one street light thing like yeah. 20 30 years ago yeah uh, it's I, insane yeah it's, it's just insane but I remember when it was just a one light thing and, yep. uh, you know, that, I mean, that's the one thing the Utah, uh, Salt Lake County has experienced is a lot of urban sprawl. I mean, I remember so when, much. you know, I think Kearns, I think me and my, my dad actually built a lot of Kearns, actually. My dad would plaster foundations and do stucco work. Really? And so I think we built a lot of Kearns, actually. Um, yeah, Sandy, I know we, we pretty much built Sandy. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of change. And so uh, you, you grew up in Riverton. And then you, you've, you've, you're, you've started to raise a family. You have two young children. Uh, what are the ages of your children, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my boys are three and four. Three and four. So they're still yeah. at that cute stage. Yeah. They're all boys. <laughs> so they're all Very frogs, much. And frogs and dirt. And yeah, that's pretty much how I was at four. Yep. Um, I can hear them outside right now and I can only... Imagine. Can only imagine what they're up to. The mud. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I think at three and four, me and my brother, we were trying to see if we could dig the China. So we were doing that. <laughs> so uh, your husband is a union pipe fitter. That's pretty awesome. And yeah. uh, so, you know, I mean, you, you come from an era of labor uh, with your father uh, being, being in the military uh, and then, of course, joining the union. And then uh, your husband's in the union. So you, you, have an, you have a real concept of what it's like to be a working family here in Utah, the things you have to do, uh, the ends you have to meet, child care and all that sort of good stuff. So what, what made you decide to run for office? Well, that, I mean, you actually answered your question for me. I, I feel like um, the working class family isn't represented completely um, at the legislature, particularly for my house district. You know, if you look at the demographics of my district, that's, that's who we are. We are working class, blue collar. You know, we get up, we go to work to put food on the table. We come home, we take care of our families, and then we get up and do it all over again. So. Um, there's <laughs> a lot of different things you've supported over the years. Uh, you've been a mentor to big brothers and big sisters of Utah. Uh, founding board member and director of events for the Single Parent Project, mm -hmm. tree coordinator, UA Local 140 Ladies Auxiliary. Uh, you've uh, been a foster and a foster coordinator volunteer for the Cause for Paws Utah and a foster for the Utah Animal Advocacy Foundation. So you've done a lot of great things. I mean, you've been, you've been you. very socially active, publicly active. And um, let me ask you, I mean, was it, was it a little daunting to decide to go for running for office? Was it, uh, uh, what, what kind of drove you to the point where you're just like, you know what, darn it, I'm going to run. Yeah, no, you're, it, it was very daunting. It was something that I thought about and played around with for a while. Um, 
the the gentleman who ran last election cycle, my good friend Edgar Harwood, he ran and he he only lost by 118 votes in 2018. Um, so he, he had kind of geared up, he'd already laid the framework and he had the plan to run this year. Um, but he took a job offer in Colorado. So he ended up moving his family, you know, to a different state. And so that kind of left the spot vacant and, and, you know, I just figured if, if it's going to be anybody, why not me? I am a, you know, a perfect representation of the people in this district. We are you know, in the trenches together, we're making the same decisions and we're fighting the same battles and we're doing what we can do to keep a roof over our family's head and keep food on the table. And um, so I, I just felt like, you know, like you said, if it was going to be anybody, it, why not me? Working class family, working class family. And this is the thing we saw in 2018. We saw this giant flip of voters saying, you know what, enough with the status quo. We want some new, fresh people in there. We saw a uh, huge influx of, of females uh, who could come with their perspective. Uh, you know, we talked about this in the pre-show. I came from Las Vegas where, um, you know, I just, I started promoting Early on, I, I doubt it was it was me that had this effect, but we started promoting very on. You know what? I'm tired of looking at these pictures of legislators that are just all men. They're always starting wars. They're always just thinking <laughs> about trying to get themselves rich, and uh, and they seem to lose touch with what their kids' needs are, what their education needs are. I mean, certainly, I God, if we can get back all the money we spent in Iraq and uh trillions and trillions of dollars and put that into education and a lot of the infrastructure this uh, country's uh taken and broken as well and in 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 nevada i hope you're listening kearns and and utah in nevada we flipped the state to where it has the most women in the legislature for the state of nevada than any other state in the nation we set like a record and they are doing the most amazing things for children's education, health care. They're really killing it on health care because they understand. And I love women. They're, they're empathetic. They care about their kids. I mean, you don't ever get between a mom and her kids. You don't get, <laughs> um, you know, mother bear mom. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, they, they care about their future. They look at their kids and they go, hey, you know, what sort of government and, and stuff do we they want to have 20 years down the line? So, um, so hopefully, uh, we can get you elected. You can offer a fresh set of eyes and ideas to the working class families and you understand the working class, you know, I, I, you're not, you're not the multimillionaire who's, you know, living with a suit and he's working with his multimillionaire buddies and they're all trying to figure out how to get rich off of being in the government and stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of seeing that in the thing. So give us an idea on some of the other platforms you're thinking about, some of the things that are important to you. Sure. Well, there are, um, I mean, that question, the answer to that question is so broad. I mean, obviously, you know, clean air and education and, you know, infrastructure, all those things. Um, those are all big ideas that will need big change. Um, but my grandma always told me that the only way to eat an elephant is by one bite at a time. One so I, to me, you know, those, those are big things and they do need to change. So I'm focused on, you know, the very smallest, most basic bite, bite-sized bite, I guess, for <laughs> lack of a better term, um, to start kind of chipping away at these bigger issues. So, um, for instance, after-school programs and affordable daycare, um, that, 
that is a solution for several different issues to me. Um, one, I mean, first and foremost is to be able to give parents that breathing room. You know, after you've paid $1,200 a month in childcare, there's not a lot left over if you want to, you know, take your kids to go do something fun. If you want to go to the movies or, you know, if your car breaks down and you've got 400 bucks, you know, that you're going to have to pay to fix a belt or fan or something like that. It's, it's not as easy to do when the majority of your monthly bills are going towards your mortgage and your daycare. So, um, so that will definitely help in Kearns. Um, we have a tremendous amount of kids that are, um, experimenting with underage drinking and with vaping. They did, we have this, um, program is called the evidence to success that the Kearns community coalition is working on, which they need a huge shout out for the work that they're doing. Cause they're amazing. Um, but they, they have run the data and there's 25% of 10th graders in Kearns um, have reported that they've experimented with alcohol, which is, I mean, to give you an idea, it's about 10% is what the rest of the state shows um, for that same age group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 16% of 8th graders in Kearns um, had reported that they had been vaping in the last month, which is, I, I mean, at 8th grade... I mean, I was definitely doing dumb things in eighth grade, but I mean, vaping or drinking wasn't really one of them. Yeah. Um, so, but just knowing be, because 49% of the homes in my district have two parents working outside the home, you know, that's a lot of latchkey yeah, kids. Of that's, time. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of time that kids are, you know, not, not being supervised and, you know, Parents got to do what they got to do. So if we have a safe and a healthy place for kids to be, you know, and that in that kind of gap time between school gets out, mom and dad get home. Um, and I think we can eliminate a lot of that as well. Definitely. Um, most definitely. I mean, the, what is it, the old saying? Idle hands are the devil's handiwork. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was lucky enough to grow up in, in an age where my, my mom still worked at home for most of our childhood. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, she was there to make sure we didn't get in any trouble, although we, we got into some trouble, but we didn't get any of that, that sort of trouble, but you yeah, know, we were always permanent, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing permanent. We were always out like building forts <laughs> and I don't know, sometimes vandalism, I think, or destroying. We used to wander around <laughs> construction sites and we, we were never like vandalized. We were just always like, we'd play in them. So, yeah. you know, but, uh, so there's a there's a few other things that you're interested in. Yeah, you're interested in the infrastructure for public transportation in Kearns, Absolutely. after school programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in, uh, you've worked with this evidence to success Kearns Community Coalition. It's been addressing this thing. Um, livable wages. Yeah. So I feel like um, right now um, with the pandemic and you know this astronomical you know amount of people that are being laid off or furloughed from their jobs. When we do kind of go back to our new normal, um, I think it's going to be important for us to not bring back just jobs, but quality jobs that pay families enough that, that, you know, they can pay their bills and keep food on the table, you know, making $8 an hour working at a grocery store isn't, isn't going to cut it anymore. And we've seen that the working class, they're, they're the ones that are keeping everything running right now they're keeping food on the shelves and they're keeping you know gas in your car and they're you know coming by without fail every Wednesday or you know whatever to pick up your garbage and take it away and that's 
I feel like the best way to show appreciation for them, you know, you can post memes about it online, sure, or sign a petition, but I think fighting to get them higher paying wages is the best way to say, you know, thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for keeping everybody running and healthy and alive and fed. And it definitely is. They're, they're showing now that the states that have uh, put in the $15 an hour or companies that have done the $15 an hour uh, have actually made it so that they can uh, have uh, better living conditions. Everyone's yep. happy. You know, um, it, you just have to realize, and, I, and hopefully we come out of this pandemic learning this, that taking care of our neighbors is as important as taking care of ourselves. And we have to realize that what goes around comes around. You know, I come from a state of Nevada and Las Vegas. And what's funny is a lot of people in Las Vegas live on tips. Um, It's a huge, you know, tipping tourist uh, town. And so people live on tips. But what's funny is the people that live on tips, when they go when they go to places where they have to tip someone else, they don't pull some doctor lawyer thing where they go, can you give me like a professional courtesy here? And I don't have to tip you because we all live on tips. No, they tip and they tip well because they understand the economy of what goes around comes around. And that's how consumer confidence works in, in major economies like the U S once people start, you know, pulling their pockets back and once everyone can't afford to live, then we start to break down not only as an economy, but as a society. Um, some of the other things in your platform uh, is about domestic abuse and child abuse that you're concerned about with mental health care. Yep. Well, especially right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're obviously things are easing up a little bit and people are starting to go back to work and be able to get out of the household. But I mean, domestic abuse is, has skyrocketed since people are, you know, women in particular are being, locked inside with their abusers um child abuse i'm sure since since kids don't currently have a safe place to go to you know schools out and they don't have daycare um i'm sure once those kids are able to get out of the house and and get back to their safe you know consistent spaces i'm sure um there'll be a lot of of reporting of, of child abuse happening during this time as well um and those are just a part of the things that are going to build up and add to this long-term trauma, you know, that this pandemic has caused on top of everything else, on top of the economic instability and on top of the, I mean, obviously the health issues, you know, people who are either personally recovering from COVID and have the long-term effects from that, or people who are, have lost, you know, a grandparent or a cousin to to that kind of stuff. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and, uh, I think you nailed it on the head too. Uh, there's going to be depression. There's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of mental health. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been lucky <laughs> enough where I've been able to always work from home since about 2004. So I'm pretty used yeah. to this life. Um, when they're like, you have to stay at home. I'm like, so it's going to change. Um, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I do miss going out to eating, and, you know, just kind of the freedom of doing whatever you want and not have to, yeah. Like washing groceries is a little uh, annoying to me and wearing a mask, but hey, yeah. I want my family to live. I want your family to live and everybody else. And and, and we have to realize that we live in this uh, society that's a community and we have to support and look out for one another. And I think, I think over the years, we've just become this selfish society and that's what's driven a lot of our political divisiveness and stuff. And 
with this, you know, you've seen you've seen the attacks of of uh, partisan against our health care. Uh, in fact, it's still under attack. They're still trying to take it away. Um, and, and in the middle of a pandemic, which just blows my mind. But <laughs> but you know, we we have to realize that hey, maybe making sure that the person next door has health care so that they can get hospitalized means they don't affect me and my family, and mm-hmm. this thing doesn't spread because. This is a horrible experience what we're going through with COVID-19. There's going to be something worse coming. So we need to prepare. We need to get better. I think if anything, what COVID-19 has shown us with the coronavirus is that, is that there are serious holes financially uh, um, in, our, in, our, in everything we do. I mean, we've wasted so much money on so many different things that didn't include healthcare, that didn't include infrastructure. And now we're finding out the hard way how important some of these things are. And there's been studies that have shown that if, if the wages are raised um, in, in uh, some of these different cities and stuff, it, 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 a rising tide lifts all boats, you know, all the money goes around. So this is really important. And, and what's really great. And I think this is what's really uh, awesome about you is you have this experience of growing up, your father was with the military. Then he joined the union. Your husband's in the union. Uh, you know, you understand what it's like trying to hold down a household, trying to raise a family, trying to live the American dream, quote unquote. Um, and you've given a lot. You've spent a lot of time um, giving to stuff. Um, one other thing that I wanted to ask you, this comes from our good friends over at the uh, Utah Democratic Caucus for People with Disabilities. They wanted me to ask all the candidates that we're going to have on the show. Uh, how about uh, the numbers and funding for Utah with disabilities? That's an important thing to them. They have a huge coalition, and and so they they want legislatures to, of course, be aware that, that disabilities is a big issue. So I'm curious what your standing is on that. Well, I would say that kind of ties into um, to my thoughts about infrastructure, um, particularly in Kearns. Kearns being it's its own unincorporated um, township. Um, It is maintained predominantly by the county, which is fine. Um, But Kearns also has, you know, a little bit of flexibility in the things that it can do. Um, I don't, I don't want to uh, meander too far off the path, but um, when, when Camp Kearns was built, I don't know if you know, but it used to be a military base. That's why, it was just this standalone city out in the middle of nowhere. And that's why we have just this random airport over here. Yeah, that's right. You um, guys do have that, huh? Yeah, yeah. So that's why when when Camp Kearns was built, it was just this desolate nothingness. And I said, hey, this is a great place to, to put a military base. So they put in the roadways. They put in, you know, the water mains. Um, and, and just as a side note, so the water Kearns Improvement District that's Water is owned by the residents of Kearns. We, we aren't, um, it's not a, a statewide or a countywide even um, utility, which is kind of interesting. But hmm. um, anyway, I digress. So um, I feel like when it comes to maintaining and updating and improving and even adding um, infrastructure, taking into account, um, you know, the people with disabilities, um, is definitely something that needs to be put in at the very, 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 very beginning of the planning stages. You know, um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of our sidewalks and stuff are not necessarily accessible. If somebody is in a wheelchair, there is a lot of 
parts of Kearns that don't even have sidewalks. Wow. Um, which is something that, that needs, you know, definitely yeah. needs to be addressed in, in the short and the long term. Um, mm-hmm. So and the people with disabilities, I have two sisters. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm up here writing the book as well. I have two mm-hmm. sisters who are in uh, care centers. And uh, one was born with cerebral palsy and the other uh, has MS and she's, uh, you know, degraded to a point where she's suffering dementia and needs to have people help her. Um, And uh, a lot of times these people are thrown out, forgotten. We're seeing that a lot with our federal government right now where they're just like uh, the elderly people in the old folks homes. Yeah, just uh, let them burn. Um, yeah. And sadly, in our country, Sweden and many other countries, um, the coronavirus has raged through those. But even then, they need more funding. They need more protection. Uh, I know there are some recent uh, 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 laws in here. Uh, I believe it was the uh, one of the Utah disability law firms that were fighting uh, just to get Utah to comply with what is now a 20-year law, which is the... Uh, uh, let me see if I can remember the term for it. Uh, it's the disability law that was federally put in uh, for people with disabilities and, you know, it enacted all the handicap spaces and, and all different laws of ramps and things of that nature. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, Utah and, and care centers that weren't uh, upholding to that, especially with public transportation and things of that nature. And so, um, this is a really important factor. So they wanted me to bring it up. So you got a lot of good things you're, you're after to do for this, the, the uh, area that you're in, in, uh, let's see, it's uh, district 38 in the house district for the state of Utah. Um, now the incumbent you guys had there, I guess he started out as a Democrat. Yes, he actually was um, put into the, to his position when the, um, when the person holding that position ended up uh, resigning because he, he had accepted um, a promotion at the, at the police Academy. So he wasn't able, or excuse me, the police department that he was working at. So um, he felt like he was no longer able to, you know, fulfill the obligations of being a legislator. So um, the democratic party um, selected um, the incumbent, his name is Eric Hutchings and they put him in that, position to kind of fulfill, you know, the remainder of that term. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I don't know, you know, how long it took or, or what, you know, conversations he had, what kind of, you know, internal mm-hmm. dialogue he had, but he, yeah, he ended up changing his affiliation to the parties. He's been in the party for, he's been that he's been in that position for 22 years. So it's probably definitely time for some change. Um, yes. And I, I guess, I mean, how did the people of Kearns feel about that? I know that a lot of voters feel betrayed when people do that, where they're just like, uh, psych, I changed parties. <laughs> well, I mean, I, keeping in mind that I was, what, you know, 12 when that happened. So yeah. I, I, I don't know if I have a very good, you know, thumb on the pulse for that. But I, I would assume, you know, if the voters selected a Democratic candidate to fill that position, I, I would assume that that, that is kind of the the platform and the ideals that they that they wanted to see up there so i'm i'm sure it probably was kind of a kind of a punch to the gut but i definitely would be pissed off like if anybody i voted (laughs) was in a party i'd be like what 
what? No, it ain't happening yet. Um, but this <laughs> yeah. is the kind of change we're talking about. I'm sure he's a nice gentleman. Uh, he's been in office for 22 years. Um, uh, we want to see this ushering in of fresh blood, people that are working families, people that aren't suits. And uh, I remember looking over his website and I saw a lot of suitage, uh, rich guy stuff. And I was like, you know, this is what, this is what needs to happen. We need to turn Utah blue. And so if you're not registered to vote, you need to get registered to vote. I was talking with you earlier and you said out of the 35,000 residents in the district, there's only 11,000 that are registered to vote. And you had a line that you sent me in the bio and outline that you had that I just loved. I tweeted this out. I just love the comment. Uh, and it was, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And Absolutely. I, I always tell all those people go like, I vote because I don't vote because it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter because if you if you vote, that every one of those politicians they sit down and they go, "Who voted? What do they want? We better do what those guys want so we can get reelected again." And then yeah. they're like, "Yeah, but Bob didn't vote." And they're like, "Screw Bob! Bob isn't going to show up again." So screw Bob, <laughs> whatever Bob thinks, I'm going with uh, who voted. Yeah, that's how it works. And yeah, absolutely. We're the, the great thing about a lot of the platform that you have, the things you're interested in, uh, you're, you're very family oriented, you're after school programs, you're after after school programs, you're after um, infrastructure, uh, what's going on in the transportation, mental health care, domestic, child care, uh, a living wage, uh, getting a state prevailing wage requirement for people. Uh, even you even mentioned to me that uh, that uh, there's not even a state prevailing wage requirements for contractors bidding on state funded jobs. That should at yes. least be, I mean, if you're getting a state funded job, you need at least <laughs> a minimum pay. I mean, come on. I think even well, the federal government has that there. They have rules and regulations and stuff. They do. They do. And Utah is one of only 18 States that wow. does not require that wage. So, yeah. which, so, I mean, it's just like you said before, raging, you know, rising waters, raises all boats anyway across all the different things i mean it, it affects yeah. if if yeah. if people start skimping i mean this is basically how consumer confidence works when you see consumer yeah. confidence drops more people keep their money in their pockets it doesn't go into the economy it doesn't go yep. spinning around and then everybody starts doing it because they're like oh, i'm worried about my money and then yep. the economy crashes. and they hoard toilet paper <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then we're, yeah, yeah. So a lot of these things that you're talking about and that are your platform that are important to you are going to become increasingly important. And so if you're someone who's in this district or in the state of Utah, I want you to think about something. We are moving into what will be a depression. Uh, I don't know if it'll be as great as the Great Depression. The Great Depression has some elements of it, but also had less unemployment. But we are entering into a depression era economy. And we're going to find out how weak we are when it comes to uh, childcare, daycare, economy with incomes and everything else, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. And so a lot of things you've been talking about with daycare costs as high as 1200 bucks. Uh, we're going to be dealing with a lot of different things because parents can't put their kids into daycare uh, right now. Um, and even then, I don't think the daycares are going to be able to maintain their their uh, cost efficiency because they can't, you know, pack them in with this uh, COVID-19. And we're going to be in this state uh, of affairs for probably a year or two. Most economists, if you watch the Fed, the CEO of Bank of America, said this economy is going to recover till the end of 2022. That's a long ways off. 
Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a lot of people getting unemployed. We're going to have, like I said, more parents that are stressed and at their wits end because they're trying to balance a family. One parent's going to have to stay at home. I talked about this on the Chris Voss show where we talk about economy and business and things like that, um, where employers are going to have to start changing up their business models and they're going to have to go, Hey, you know, we have to understand that at least one, uh, one person of a family who works for us is probably going to stay at home to educate the kids. Parents are now having to be teachers for heck sakes. Um, yeah. and you know, as if it wasn't hard enough to be a, a, a parent, you're like, Hey, guess what? You get to be a daycare person and a teacher too. Yeah. <laughs> have fun with that. And, uh, oh, by the way, you need to go to work and make some money. And you're just like, what? <laughs> and so this is going to tear off a scab uh, of our economy, of our life, of our infrastructure, of everything. And there's going to be a lot of people laid off. There's going to be a lot of people out of work. And we're going to need people who can bring a fresh approach to the economy, who can bring a fresh approach to caring about the basics. Because I got to be honest with you. I, I, I've known a lot of millionaire friends. We're all great at, at being like, Hey, we got our money. We don't need to worry about it. We don't need to sweat as much. We got some room, you know, we got some room to move. Uh, but people that live pay, pay check to paycheck, people that are blue collar workers or white collar workers who are just trying to raise a family, uh, achieve the American dream. They're just trying to get by. Um, and uh, we're, this is going to get really dark for a lot of people, and we're going to have to come together as a community. We're going to have to come together partisan-wise, and we're going to have to care about each other's health care. We're going to have to care about each other's jobs and money. There's going to be programs that probably, I don't know about the Utah local government, but on the federal level, there's going to be need to be more assistance given to people um, for jobs and income. I know a lot of countries and uh, are offering livable wages to their people. They, they realize that this is an ugly thing we got to get through. And, um, it's time for change. It's time for a party change in Utah. Uh, I mean, you guys have had the same governor now for 40 years that are, this has been GOP based. It's time to, it's time for Utah to go blue. And that's what I really believe. I, I mean, I definitely hope that I can contribute to that. I, I'd even be happy with purple just for the record. I would be happy with purple. Um, purple's but, good. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully, I mean, I feel like a lot of the issues that I'm willing to fight for and that I've kind of made. I think I think it's good that you you want a balance of stuff. I'm I'm for all blue, but that's me. Yeah. But I think it's good that you <laughs> yeah. you're willing to work with a balance of stuff between the GOP and the and the Democrats because and this is where we're going. I mean, we've been at these partisan odds for so long, but now we're going to find out that we're all in the same boat together that we all need to help our neighbors, that we all need to get along. Uh, This has brought a new humanity where fewer people are fighting over partisan issues and going, wow, I need to worry about my neighbor regardless of their party. And part of that's a little bit of self-interest. You're like, I need to make sure my neighbor doesn't get the disease and I need to protect them and me and wear a mask. Um, And it doesn't matter what party they're in. I don't want to see my neighbors die. My family's there die. And of course, you know, this is going to come around to me if, if they get it as well. So we all need to work yep. together. And so I think this, this, uh, this, this uh, uh, coming together uh, with everybody and realizing that we all need to work together. And, you know, you, a lot of the goals that you have on your platform aren't partisan based. 
I mean, if anything, they're, they're blue collar, white collar, family, American dream based, better wages, better health care, better uh, support for children, families, et cetera, et cetera. All the stuff that you experience, you have a firsthand knowledge on it. You know, you're just not living in some uh, rich uh, gated community on the hill and you're just like, uh, I want to run for office, eh? Um, you know, you have a, a very tactile experience of, of what it's like to be a working uh, family household in, this, in the area of Kearns. And uh, I think it's great that you've stepped up and said, hey, I want to make a difference here. And I think that I can and bring a fresh approach too. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I, I very, very much appreciate that. I fully support it. So uh, anything more we need to know about you and what you're doing uh, on your run for uh, the Utah District House 38 in Kearns? Um, well, we definitely are going to have to navigate, like you mentioned before, kind of a, a running a campaign during this COVID. And we've had to, mm-hmm. to uh, kind of pivot our, our ground game. So we are definitely in need of volunteers. Um, a lot of the canvassing that we're going to do, we're not going to be knocking on doors necessarily unless something profound changes. So we're going to be making a lot of phone calls. We're going to be sending a lot of uh, letters, doing a lot of you know, literature drop, just putting things on people's doorknobs and making it kind of contact free. So we're always in need of volunteers. We're always in need of donations to help us to fund those issues. So um, if people are, are interested in, in helping at all with either of those things, they can visit the website, which is ashleyforutah.com. It's Ashley with two E's. Um, they can find us on Facebook, which is just Ashley for House District 38. Um, and then they're always welcome to email me as well, just ashleyforutah at gmail.com. There you go. She's accessible, too. You can actually reach out and talk to your your uh, your person running for office as a candidate. How about that, Apples? <laughs> and uh, I think this is great. You definitely want to get out the vote. Uh, if you haven't got a chance, register to vote, people. This this is this is probably the most consequential vote we will have in the 250 year history uh, of this experiment. That is still a very young experiment of a republic, <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of things that are going to weigh in the balance. In the next six months, we're going to see a explosion of bankruptcy, people losing their homes, uh, joblessness records. Uh, it's going to get really dark, and and this is a a really important time to realize voting and picking the people that are going to get you through this dark time is going to be really important. And it might be time for the status quo to go that kind of got us here or that didn't pay attention or didn't support the right programs to make this less uh, worse than it, than it uh, has been or will be for that matter. I mean, there, there's some people saying COVID-19 could be here for quite some time if we don't find it a thing and it, it's going to be at least here for a year or two. So one of the reasons I'm supportive of it is I want to see people in office that can make good decisions that are going to make decisions that care about the working class, the middle America that needs to make a comeback. And they're going to need all the help they can get with what's going on with this depression that we're facing and, uh, and uh, tightened economy and everything else. So change is good. Uh, anyway, I want to thank Ashley for coming on the show uh, with us today. I want to thank her for her championing to step up and go, I want to change my community, change my life. This is a daunting thing. I mean, I, I'm single. I don't have kids. I got two dogs, but I would running for office. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is some work. <laughs> you're doing that with it where you're raising a family, being a mom, raising kids, keeping a household down and everything else. So if you get a chance, 
help Ashley out, go to her website, Ashley two e's for utah.com and a supporter if you can't uh, do that from with funding wise uh help her canvas help her do whatever you can do you know in this coronavirus era i don't know maybe you, you go out with massey and knock on people's door and then you run back 20 feet and wait to <laughs> vote for ashley um i don't know it's it's going to be an interesting thing but i think i think all of us they're spending more time in inside and kind of having to focus a little bit on our lives it's a great time for introspection it's a great time to read her website and it's a great time to educate yourself on what you want the future to be because that's really what we're laying forth here in the 2020 election so thanks to my audience for tuning in we certainly appreciate you guys refer the show to your friends neighbors relatives uh go to thecvpn.com or chrisvosspodcastnetwork.com they both point to the same place it's really it's technology it's cool um and you can subscribe to nine different podcasts there we'll have this on the chrisvosshow.com of course our flagship and uh uh support your local politicians get registered to vote because as Ashley said in her thing to me, if you're, uh, let's see, what was it? If you're not on the menu. Or if you're not see. at the table, you're on the menu. There you go. Quoted right <laughs> from her. If you're not on the table, you're on the menu. Don't be on the menu. It's not a good place to be. Make your voice count because it's going to make all the bit of difference. And if you have kids, make their future count. Get registered to vote. Get out there. I mean, I always vote on an absentee ballot because I'm, I don't want to stay in those lines, and I also want to be discouraged on voting day. I don't know what's going to happen with mail and ballots this year or what Utah's stance is on that, but I know where I come from in Las Vegas, you can easily request early on. You can get registered to vote online, and uh, you can request your absentee ballots. That way you don't go to the voting booth and see you're like, oh, there's like three miles there. It's not worth it. This is your American <laughs> duty, and it's your future. So definitely get out and do it. Check out all the candidates. We're going to have a bunch of the candidates from the Democratic Party of Utah on the Resistance Radio. So watch for them in the next coming weeks. We're going to try and be featuring them. See if, no, we can't turn the state a little purple, as Ashley says. <laughs> Thanks, Amanis, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you.